RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. The observatory vows to lift its game after criticism of its public messaging on tropical storm Lion Rock on the weekend. The Democratic Party says none of its members have applied to take part in legislative council elections in December. And the Education Bureau orders primary and secondary schools to hold flag-raising ceremonies from next year. Observatory Director Cheng Chou-Ming says their public messages regarding Tropical Storm Lion Rock at the weekend were not ideal and they'll aim to improve for the new, the new tropical cyclone on the way. There's been criticism over the way the observatory repeatedly changed its predictions as to when the number 8 typhoon signal would be lowered on Saturday. With another storm almost here, Dr Cheng says he's hoping the service will be better this time around. For this time, when Kompasu uh, uh, came, uh, we expect that uh, in the next few days there will be changes in weather. And uh, in terms of uh, you know, monitoring the situation and also uh, providing uh, better service, we uh, will uh, enlist more our staff, increase our manpower to uh, monitor the situation so that we have a better appreciation of the situation around and hopefully we can uh, provide a better service this time. The observatory says it'll issue the strong wind signal number three overnight tonight. Winds are expected to strengthen over the next day or so and another signal eight is not being ruled out. The Democratic Party says an internal deadline for its members to submit applications to run in December's Legislative Council elections has come and gone without any member indicating an intention to take part in the polls. Jimmy Choi reports. The Democratic Party has been wrestling with the decision of whether to field candidates in December's legislative elections and had given its members until Monday evening to let the party know if they wish to run. Last month, the party stopped short of deciding whether it should view candidates. The party said after a meeting of members that it wasn't necessary to take a vote on the issue, as no one from the party had expressed a desire to be a candidate. But it said any member who was interested in joining the electrical race must notify a central committee. And in order to pass the internal vetting mechanism, potential candidates would need to secure 14 nominations from the party, as well as the backing of their fellow party members at a subsequent members' meeting. Democratic Party Chairman Lokin Hay has brushed aside suggestions the party is trying to prevent its members from joining the polls by setting a high threshold, saying the arrangement is aimed at unifying the party. Police have announced the arrest of two mainland Chinese over the death of an officer during an anti-smuggling operation last month. The pair were arrested on the mainland in a joint operation with the Guangdong Provincial Public Security Department. Ho Chun-Tung is a senior superintendent from the Organised Crime and Triad Bureau. We are still investigating the case and we will act according to relevant procedures and also relevant legislation. And at this point, we are still doing whatever we can to assist in the whole investigation to make sure that the whole group behind this incident will be revealed and arrested. The Education Bureau has ordered all primary and secondary schools to hold flag-raising ceremonies every week and on special occasions starting next year. Natalie Ching has details. According to a circular issued by the Education Bureau, the national anthem should be played and sung at the flag-raising ceremonies, which are also to be held on the school day that precedes or follows New Year's Day, the SAR's Establishment Day and National Day. It said the national flag should be raised every day, as well as the SAR regional flag if there are enough flagpoles. 
The bureau also strongly advised schools to conduct ceremonies on important days and special occasions, such as graduation ceremonies, swimming galas, and sports days. A spokesman said this was one of the key learning goals of primary and secondary education, and also the education obligation of schools to cultivate students' sense of national identity. The circular was issued to primary and secondary schools, but the spokesman said kindergartens should follow suit as far as conditions allow, so children can learn about the flag and anthem of their own country from an early age. International schools and other private schools are also encouraged to refer to the requirements, and tertiary institutions must take reference to the directions given by the education secretary to primary and secondary schools. The spokesman said. Seven imported COVID-19 cases were reported today. They involved fully vaccinated people who flew in from Pakistan, the Philippines, the U.S., Kenya, and Montenegro. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past eleven. The High Court has dismissed the appeal filed by a man who was earlier sentenced to five and a half months in prison. The real estate agent was jailed for possessing cable ties during the social unrest in 2019. Wang Yinting has more. The three-judge panel did not find it reasonable for Chen Chen Kit to carry 48 six-inch-long cable ties for handling goods. The panel agreed with the lower court that protesters had commonly bundled up barricades to block roads during the protests. Therefore, it's reasonable for Mr. Chen to use the cable ties to commit crime. Mr. Chen was convicted of possessing an offensive weapon or other instrument fit for unlawful purposes. The High Court has sentenced a cleaner to six years and four months in prison after a jury found him guilty of raping a woman in 2019. Jimmy Choi reports. The court heard that Lee Yok Ming met the woman who has an intellectual disability at a church several years ago. In July 2019, the pair and a friend went to a restaurant in Mong Kok to have lunch. Lee, who's 35, dragged the victim to a toilet and raped her. The woman became pregnant and had an abortion. In sentencing, Deputy High Court Judge Johnny Chan said he had taken into account a number of aggravating factors in the case, including that Lee had not worn a condom and the fact that the woman's disability made her vulnerable to abuse. The judge said the woman had been deeply hurt by the incident, with medical reports showing she suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder. The Environment Secretary Wong Kam Sing says the government will make sure the development of the northern part of the city is sustainable. Ben Che has details. Mr. Wong made the comments days after Chief Executive Carrie Lam unveiled a proposal to build the 300 square kilometer northern metropolis in the new territories, covering large areas of farmland, wetland, and brownfield sites. The minister said sustainability would be ensured by resuming wetland and fish ponds that are worth preserving to increase their ecological capacity. He pointed out that many plots are lying idle with depreciating ecological values, adding that with the development that will come with the northern metropolis, these sites could be handled in a positive way. Vice Premier Han Sheng says China will incorporate biodiversity protection in the development plans of all regions and sectors, and draw up a national conservation strategy. Speaking at the launch of a United Nations conference on biodiversity in Kunming in southwest China, Mr. Han urged all countries to look for new funding channels for conservation and to give full priority to biodiversity protection in infrastructure and land use. President Xi Jinping is scheduled to address the COP15 meeting tomorrow. 
Overseas and Iraq has captured a high-level member of the Islamic State group alleged to have been running its finances. The Iraqi Prime Minister Mustafa al-Qadimi said the arrest of Sami Jazim involved a complex operation outside Iraq. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. The announcement of a big security development in Iraq had been trailed by Mustafa al-Qadimi on Sunday, but he said he wouldn't give details until voting in the general election was finished. Now he's tweeted that Sami Jassim has been arrested in what he described as a complex operation outside Iraq. He described the detainee as the man in charge of IS finances and also as a former deputy to Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, the IS leader killed by US special forces two years ago. This year's Nobel Prize in Economics has been awarded to three US-based researchers for using natural experiments to show how decisions can impact the labour market or society at large. Canada's David Card, for example, studied the impact on the fast food sector of a minimum wage increase. The other two recipients, Joshua Engrist and Guido Imbens, solved methodological problems to show that precise conclusions about cause and effect can be drawn from natural experiments. Here's Professor Imbens. I was just absolutely thrilled to hear the news, in particular kind of hearing that I got to share this with uh, with Josh Angus and uh, and David Carr, who are both very good friends of mine. Josh Angus was actually the best man at uh, Susan AC and my wedding. I'm just thrilled to share the, the prize with both him and David. A court in Amsterdam has sentenced two men to 30 years in jail for the murder of a lawyer, Dirk Weersom. The case has raised questions about the power of organised crime in the Netherlands. The BBC's Anna Holligan reports. Dirk Viersum was shot on his way to work. Six bullets were fired. The assassins were childhood friends and contract killers. One pulled the trigger, the other drove the getaway car. The 44-year-old lawyer had been representing a former gang member turned key state prosecution witness in a high-profile organised drug and gun gang murder trial. His assassination highlighted an intensifying struggle against the increasingly influential and visible organised crime gangs operating in the Netherlands. Sydney's four-month lockdown comes to an end today with gyms, restaurants and hairdressers reopening. But there's a catch. Unvaccinated people will be excluded from the new freedoms. Millions of people, however, remain in lockdown in Melbourne and Canberra. The trigger for the relaxation was the state of New South Wales hitting 70% of double-dose vaccination for over-16s. These residents were relieved and excited about lockdown being lifted. Looking forward to getting all of the family together back at our house. I can't wait to go back to the shop and to go to school. Being able to get out of a house and sick of looking at four doors and four walls. Great to get out in the sunshine and see more friends. Definitely going to the pub, mate. Shopping, 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 shopping. Christmas coming up. <laughs> Nonetheless, New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet urged residents to stay vigilant. New South Wales is leading the nation um, out of this pandemic. Uh, there will be challenges. We need to keep people safe. As you know, there are rules in place uh, and there are still restrictions in place. They're not there for the sake of it. Uh, they're there because... Uh, we obviously want to, want to make sure that we look after people's health care, particularly at a time as we will no doubt see case numbers increase. Uh, we will see hospitalisations increase, but we've invested significant amounts in our health system. Uh, we now need to learn to live alongside the virus. Poland's border guards say they prevented two large migrant groups from entering the country from Belarus over the weekend. They say the groups consisted of 90 and 130 people. Since August... 
Poland has seen a huge increase in people, mostly from the Middle East, trying to cross the frontier. The European Union accuses Belarus of orchestrating the migration in response to sanctions. Sport now, and we start with the Nations League final, where Kylian Mbappe fired a contentious winner as France came from behind to beat Spain by two goals to one and became and become the second team to win the competition. Mbappe was adjudged to be onside when he slid the ball between Unai Zimon after Karen Bezima's stunning equaliser in Milan's San Siro Stadium. France boss Didier Deschamps is delighted that his team were able to bring home the cup after a tough match. This Spanish team, regardless of the players they have, always have this ability to monopolise the ball. They made us suffer, obviously in the second half, especially in the first half. Afterwards, by being more aggressive, we made them make mistakes too. So, there is quality in the French team, but there is always this state of mind and this character, which is essential at the top level, to go and get a victory again and a title tonight. In the third-place playoff, European champions Italy beat the world number one side Belgium 2-1. That's now two defeats in a row for Belgium after their loss to France in the semi-final earlier on in the week. The Belgium coach Roberto Martinez in his post-match press conference was frustrated with how things ended. You can assess the game. It's a completely uh, different game of the emotions that we had in the second half against France. Uh, we were in control, even going 2-0 down. I think the scoreline never affected our performance. And I think that's a, a real good sign in, in the personality of, of the group. But we cannot concede five goals in two games. We cannot concede two penalties, even if the decisions are not correct. And that's something that we need to be very, uh, very much responsible about it. The Mercedes driver Valerie, Valtteri Bottas won the Turkish Grand Prix while a second place finished for Max Verstappen was enough to return the Red Bull driver to the lead. Lewis Hamilton finished fifth. Verstappen now leads Hamilton by six points with six races remaining. More from the BBC's Jack Nichols. The balance of risk versus reward was a difficult one to strike for Hamilton in Turkey. After making strong progress in the early stages, his charge was halted behind Sergio Perez's Red Bull. Mercedes tried to keep him out on his old tyres, but it became clear in the closing stages that the strategy wasn't going to pay off. So he had to pit from third, finishing fifth, and losing the lead of the championship to Verstappen, who had no answer to a dominant Valtteri Bottas. And on to the weather. It'll be fine and dry, becoming cloudy tomorrow. Squally showers later on and temperatures between 24 and 29 degrees. Fresh north to northeasterly winds, strong offshore, occasionally up to gale force on high ground. The winds will strengthen gradually. And the outlook, it'll be windy with heavy rains and squalls on Wednesday. The seas will be rough with swells and there'll be occasional showers in the following couple of days. And the strong monsoon signal is in force. It's 27 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is 63%. The news from RTHK.
quite uh, controversial when the film came out back in 1967, based on the book uh, To Sew With Love by E.R. Braithwaite. Would you believe it? Uh, directed uh, the screenplay, also written by James Clavell, uh, the actual film which starred Sidney Poitier as a teacher at an inner city school dealing with social and racial issues, whether things have changed since those days, I don't know. But some interesting names in the cast. Lulu herself played a part in the film. She was uh, Babs Peg. And Patricia Routledge was uh, also in the film. She's quite well known as a more senior member of uh, various casts. And the Mindbenders were also in the movie, too. A long, long time since I saw the film. How are you doing? Billy King with you throughout the world. Then I'm not so blue when you're close to me. 